Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. So thankful you're here with us this morning or you're joining us online. We are going to be continuing uh, Who's Your One this morning? And I hope that you're continuing to pray for that one person in your life that desperately needs Christ and also praying about how you might be the vessel through which they hear the gospel and maybe come into a relationship with Jesus. So, so far in this, this month, we've talked about following Jesus as a disciple what that means. We've talked about becoming fishers of men. Last week, we talked about being the kind of friend who gets people to Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter what it takes, no matter how hard uh, the work is. Uh, This morning, we're going to talk about probably the least popular topic of the day. It's one of those things that we typically tiptoe around. A lot of preachers don't really talk about this anymore. Uh, They try to avoid it, but the great theologian Sammy Kershaw, one of my favorite authors, said we can talk about anything except politics, religion, and her, right? No Sammy Kershaw fans, really? All right. Well, this morning we're not going to talk about any of those things, but we are going to talk about something that is uh, just as uncomfortable And that's a story of hell from Jesus' teaching in Luke chapter 16. I don't know if it's the day and time that we live in, but our culture, our society, even our world is so divided. Even our churches are divided on any number of issues. As we stand here this morning or sit this morning, denominations are literally breaking apart and splitting over certain divisive issues it could be politics, it could be a, a just whole host of opinions on certain things, even strong disagreements that's rooted in Scripture and people have the wrong understanding. But if you start talking about Jesus Christ being the one and only exclusive way to get to God and to heaven, listen, a lot of people are going to shut down the conversation, right? It doesn't get much more divisive than that right there. But Jesus gives us a very clear teaching this morning. On two options for eternity. You are going to spend eternity in one of two places. Either in heaven with Jesus. Or in hell with the devil and his angels. And the ones that chose not to follow Jesus. In Luke chapter 16. It's a a very interesting scene. And Jesus is teaching his disciples. Along with some Pharisees who had begun to listen in. And he says this. Luke 16 starting in verse 19. He says, there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to 
dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot. And neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And I think Jesus was talking about himself. Hell is a very difficult and uncomfortable subject to talk about, isn't it? But it's a reality that we have to deal with. And my hope this morning is really twofold. One, if you're lost, I hope that today you'll be saved from, and spared from hell. But Jesus makes it clear that even if one of your dead family members who died and lost and went to hell, if somehow they could come back and stand before you and warn you about how terrible this place was, he says, even then you may not be persuaded. So my additional goal this morning is this, is to share Jesus' words, this wonderful story, in the hope that we who are saved will be so burdened over our one who is lost and on their way to hell. And we're burdened about the reality of this, this dire situation that they're in, that we will invite them, that we will share with them, that we will plead with them, talk to them, do like the four friends last week and drag them to Jesus if we have to, because it is that dire. So here, Jesus describes two men, two very different lives, two very different sets of circumstances, and two very different eternal outcomes. This rich man who went to hell, he looks across this great divide, and, and notice he only asks for two things. One, just a single drop of water from Lazarus' finger to cool his tongue. The other thing he asked for was to be able to go, or for somebody else to be able to go, and to warn his family about the realities of hell so that they too may not end up in that terrible place. And he was denied both of these. Now listen, if Jesus, Jesus isn't going to allow people in hell to come back and warn people about hell, then whose job is it to warn them? It's ours. It's mine and yours, church. Hell is a reality that we have to deal with. It's one that Jesus dealt with. So let's look at what the Bible has to say about this terrible place. Listen, I've got 13 points this morning. Just, just buckle up and hang on. 13 points. The first thing about hell we have to realize and understand is hell is eternal. It lasts forever. Listen, forever is a very long time, isn't it? Someone said when you're preaching, remember, eternity is too long to be wrong. They're right. Eternity is a long time. Now, we think that life goes on and on and on, and, and, and some days it feels like that, let's be honest. But this life pales in comparison to eternity. It's just a blink of an eye. Eternity is what's at stake here. And when we ask those questions to that lost one or to our loved ones or our friends, and we say, listen, are you saved? Are you a 
Christian and, and we get a response like, well, I think I am. Or I hope so. I hope I get to go to heaven. I think God will let me into heaven. Listen, if there's any uncertainty in that answer, that's not good enough for me. There, and I, Listen, do you all understand there's a lot of things that Pastor Tyler doesn't know? There's a lot of things that I will be man enough to say, I don't understand this theology. Or I don't understand why people act the way they do. There's a lot of things I just don't get. But I do know one thing for certain. And that's the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me. And He saved me. I know that I was saved. I remember being under conviction at seven years old and walking down the aisle at Swan Pond Baptist Church and taking Denville Taylor by the hand and saying, Listen, I need to be a Christian. And I know that Jesus saved me then. This is one thing that we can't just hope about. People have to be sure because, again, eternity is far too long to be wrong. And here's what we have to understand and wrap our minds around is that everyone who has ever lived still lives and will live for eternity either in heaven or in the pits of hell. And so we don't want to spend eternity there. We don't want anyone to spend eternity there. Now let's talk about why. Hell is a place of pain. Notice this unnamed rich man. Jesus says that he was in Torment, And in the Greek, this word means pain or absolute rock bottom, being tortured. And he asks, first and foremost, for just a single drop of water. Because he says he's in such agony and such sorrow, such grief, such torment. And why does he say? He says, because of this flame, this blaze of the fires of hell. And elsewhere, Jesus says that hell is a place where the worm dies not. It's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. John says that it is a place like an eternal lake of fire, but it's not only a place of pain. Notice it's also a place of fear. The rich man feared for the souls of his brothers, his loved ones. I think hell naturally strikes a fear in the heart of man. At least it, it should. And just as many people experience a peaceful bliss before they pass on to the other side, many people experience sheer terror right before they die. And if you fear death, and I've dealt with, I've talked to so many people in 2020 and 2021 that are so terrified of getting sick from COVID and dying. And I'm not saying that we need to act foolishly and try and get COVID. But listen, if you absolutely are terrified of death as a follower of Christ, we need to talk. That's the least of things that we should be concerned about as a believer. But many people have had near-death experiences, and this is one of those things that, again, Pastor Tyler can't wrap his mind around or fully explain. But I've been with people, I've talked with people who are approaching that moment where they leave this world for the next, and many have this just an incredible peace about them. I'm talking about Christians. They have just an incredible, and you can see the peace in their eyes as they sometimes, I think, get a, even a glimpse of what it may be like to be in the arms of Christ. And they have this, this joy, this hope, this no fear. But then there are so many others who have the opposite experience. Where they're in sheer terror right before they pass on. Some describe hearing the sounds of souls being in torment. Some describe feeling the heat from flames. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to just share with you the reality. Some even describe the smell that goes along with all of that. And they are absolutely terrified before they leave this world because hell is a place of pain 
and fear. Hell is also a place of sadness. The rich man was saddened for himself. It is also saddened for his family, who he knew were on their way to hell as well. In the book, Dante's Divine Comedy, he writes about the journey that the character takes going through hell, making his way to heaven. And as he gets to this, in the section called Inferno, he describes the sign that's over top of the gates of hell. And it says, Abandon hope, all you who enter here. Isn't that part of the Marine Corps slogan or something? Anyway, but while this story is fictional, it's rooted in a, a, a sincere, biblical, deep truth. And that is, folks, that there is no hope in hell. It is eternal. It is permanent. And even the hope of Jesus Christ available to you today does not extend there. It's too late once you get to that point. That's why you need to be sure of where you're going this morning. And why we, church, must reach those who are lost with the gospel now before it's too late. The next thing we see is hell is a place of isolation. Now, some people, when they think about hell, and I've had this conversation before, they think, well, it won't be too bad. All my friends and all my family will be there, and it'll be like one big family reunion in the pits of hell. Listen, there is nothing like that situation in Scripture. What we do see is that uh, it is a place of total isolation somehow. The rich man was somehow alone in hell, and rather than eagerly waiting for his brothers to come and join him there, what does he do? He cried out with everything he had, please, somebody go tell my family that they don't have to come to this terrible place. Because the last thing that you want is to see one of your loved ones in hell. It's an eternity of pain, sorrow, isolation from people you care about, but also from a God that loves you. The next thing we see is that hell is a place of separation. The rich man longs to get out of hell, or at least have someone come and comfort him in hell, or to go and warn others about the realities of hell. But all of that's impossible. And in this parable, Abraham says, a great chasm has been fixed so that no one from either side can no longer cross over. It is complete separation for eternity. In Matthew 25, Jesus says that one day the sheep and the goats will be separated. He'll sort them out. and Some will go one way, some will go another. And there's no turning back at this point. Hell is separate and it's cut off from anything good, separated from any interaction with those that you care about, with those that you love. It's separated from any joy, any hope, any peace. All of that good stuff is on the other side with Jesus. And this great chasm exists between the two. Now let's shift gears though. It's a pretty bleak thing, isn't it, to think about? I want to share with you several good things in hell. I know what you're thinking. What in the world's good about hell? Listen, there are some good things that will be in hell. The first one is that there will be good people in hell. We don't know that the rich man was all that bad. We know that he was prideful, that he was probably greedy, but we don't know that he was immoral. And like today, there are many, listen carefully, unbelievers who by all outward appearances are better people than some Christians. Some unbelievers are more kind, they're more generous, they're, they're, they're happier than we are. But listen, just being good 
And just being moral, even being kind and generous and helping multitudes of people, never, not even once, got anybody into heaven. And because of that, hell is full of good people. Now, we'll talk more about this. But first, the next thing we see is that good vision is in hell. The Bible says that being in torment, he looked up and he saw what? Everything that he was missing. Everything that he longed to have. And likewise, many today will capture a vision of what hell is really like. And they will run to Jesus in order to escape an eternity spent there. And hopefully this morning, again, if you're not saved, hopefully you're capturing that vision and you don't want to go to that terrible place. Everything that you ever want, will ever long for, anything good that you will ever hope to have for eternity will only come through Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. And it will all be absent from this terrible place called hell. Thirdly, good prayers are in hell. This story should teach you plainly that there simply comes a point when you've had all the chances that you're going to get. that You can't even pray your way out of this situation. That's terrifying to me to think that someone would want to get out but it's simply too late. The rich man prayed while he was in hell. And if he prayed prayers like this when he was alive, then he wouldn't have had to go to hell in the first place. But again, it came to that point where it's simply too late. That's why today, if you're lost, you need to pray to God for mercy now while you still have an opportunity. And I've heard so many people pray what we call the sinner's prayer. Listen, you go through the Bible, there's not a magical set of words that says pray these words and you'll be saved but I've heard many forms of it I've knelt down with many people and they've simply said God I don't know what I'm supposed to do but I know that I've done wrong and I've sinned and I'm sorry please forgive me I've heard people simply get down on their knees and say God just save me I've heard others say just God I just need you I don't know what that means for me but right now I need you and I need a relationship With you, And listen, the point is, again, you've got to do it now before it's too late. The fourth good thing in hell, and this is a scary one for me, is that good memory is in hell. How many knows that memories are so powerful? We don't see Lazarus remembering things and then being sad because of the things he remembers while he's in heaven. But we do see the rich man remembering things and being even more tormented because of those memories while he was in hell. He remembered that his family who was separated from him was lost. He remembered who Lazarus was and likely he probably remembered how he had not cared for Lazarus during this life. And it could be that in hell that you remember every single opportunity that you ever had to turn to Christ. How tormenting would that be? It could be that you remember this very sermon this morning and you may remember every good thing that you experienced throughout life and you understand that you'll never have the opportunity to experience those things again. Memories are so powerful. How many knows that you can smell a perfume and go back to that point in time? There's a certain perfume that I smell every now and then on some of you. It takes me back to about the second grade and this, you know, the teachers always wore this one perfume. Do they still do that? It's the teacher smell. You know what I'm talking about? It, always, it just takes you back to that moment. Some of you can hear a song on the radio and it takes you back decades to a point in your life. Like, likewise, hell will most likely be filled with memories. 
that will only add to the torment of you being there. Additionally, good theology is in hell. The man could see clearly there was a sovereign God of this universe. There may be plenty of people walking the earth this morning that say there is no God, plenty of atheists, but there are no atheists in hell. You will understand and realize there is a sovereign God, a creator, and you have refused to turn to him. This man even became missional in hell. You see that? He realized that it was so awful that he longed in some way that his family would be warned about that terrible place and that someone, just somebody, would go and tell them about the way not to go to hell, which takes us to the next point. Even good priorities are in hell. What did the man say, essentially? He said, I'm begging you, send him to my father's house. Send him to my five brothers. Now listen, let this be our motivation, church. As I read this this week, this hit me so hard. Let's not allow the population of hell to be more concerned about who's going there than we are. The rich man in hell had five ones that he was praying for from the pits of hell. We only have one to focus on right now, right? So let's keep praying. Now last but not least... Good intentions are in hell. Listen carefully to this part. Because the vast majority of people who wind up in hell never intended to go there. Like we talked about, many think that they're good enough to go to heaven. And like we said, though, the problem with that is even hell will be full of good people who simply did not know Jesus. Many people are simply putting off that decision to trust in Christ for salvation. They, 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 they think, well, maybe I've got time. Maybe I'll get some things straightened out in my life. Maybe I'll start going to church. Maybe I'll clean up my act a little bit. But the problem is that time and, and day never comes because you can't straighten things out without Jesus. Even more people are simply ignorant to who Jesus is and the fact that they need a relationship with Him. So as they say, sadly, the road to hell is truly paved with good intentions. So what are we to do? Well, if you're lost this morning, how do you escape an eternity in hell? Again, it's very exclusive. There's only one way. And that's through Jesus. You repent of your sins. You admit And acknowledge your sinfulness. And listen, you run just as hard and as fast as you can into a relationship with Him. You give Him your life. You give Him your will. You give Him your heart. You even give Him the messes that you've got. Give it all to Him. Now let me be really clear this morning. I'm probably going to get some feedback that says, Preacher, this message about hell this morning is, is good, it's needed, but it sounds like you're selling fire insurance to try and get people saved. I'm not. I'm, I want to present to you very clearly the words of Jesus about the reality of what's at stake eternally. Here's the bottom line. Jesus is no fire escape. He's a Savior. Jesus is the King And the Lord of the universe. Jesus is the one that made you and then bought you back on the cross. So that you could have an eternity with him. And this morning he loves you. And all he wants today 
is a relationship with you. The good news is when you accept him, the perk is that you don't have to go to this terrible place called hell. I wish we had time to talk about the splendors of heaven and spending an eternity with our Lord, being reunited with the ones that have gone on before us, our loved ones who have died in Christ, thinking about how wonderful it will be to be in the Lord's presence for all of eternity. Everything that is absent from hell will be in heaven. So this morning, if you're lost, it's very simple. Would you be saved? If you're watching online and and that's you this morning, would you send us a message? Give us a call. Do something because you just don't know when it's going to be too late. If you are saved this morning, would you continue to pray for your one? Maybe if your one is actually in this room this morning, you'd do something bold and you'd go and take them by the hand and you'd offer to pray with them here this morning. Stand together as we close in prayer. Father, subjects like this are difficult. They're sobering. But Lord, they're necessary because they're such a reminder to us of what's truly at stake. God, the decision to become a Christian and to follow Jesus is not just about having a better life. It's not just about being good. and It's not just about going to church even. Eternity is at stake. The souls of mankind is at stake on this sole decision to trust Jesus or not. So Lord, this morning as we're reminded about the consequences of this choice, God, if there's someone here, if they're lost, God, I pray that you'd save them today. If there's someone here that's in that boat they, they, and they're just, they're not sure, they think so, but they're just not certain. God, I pray they leave here this morning knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that they know Jesus. God, for those of us that are saved, God, it's my prayer that our hearts would be so burdened and so broken for the lost because of what we've heard. God, that we would be willing to do anything that it takes to get them to Jesus. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. As we sing a song of invitation this morning, if you need to come, if you need to pray, if there's a decision that you need to make, if you need to be saved, why don't you come this morning? If you need to commit to baptism or church membership, or if you just want to come and continue to pray for that one person in your life that needs Jesus, why don't you come this morning as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville, or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.